Today in America, we are celebrating Juneteenth, just like we've been celebrating for every year, the freedom of the last black slaves in Galveston, Texas. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Planning Podcast. I am also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded women in the state of Washington. Our mission is to encourage, empower, and equip conservative women and men to stand up, use their voice, speak truth, and make change in the state of Washington. And I'm excited because we are actually growing to a national platform later this summer, and I will have more news on that coming up in the weeks ahead. But today, it's June 20th, and we are celebrating Juneteenth. But June 19th was yesterday, you say. Yes, Juneteenth is our newest federal holiday, and since June 19th, Juneteenth was technically on Sunday. Today, Monday, June 20th, is the day that we are recognizing the holiday. Many federal employees are, all federal employees, have the day off. Here in my state of Washington, our state legislature moved to make Juneteenth a state holiday as well. So all of our state employees and many working for private companies also get the day as a paid holiday. And what I have found most interesting about Juneteenth is many of the companies who are putting out posts on social media and here in my city of Bothell, our city is raising a flag for Juneteenth and they say they're doing it just like they do every year. Well, here's what's really interesting about Juneteenth. Juneteenth is relatively new being celebrated around the country. Now, June 19th is the day that the last slaves in Galveston, Texas, got word of Abraham Lincoln, Republican Abraham Lincoln's proclamation ending slavery. And so on June 19th, 1865. That is the day that they got word of that. So all of the slaves are now free. I believe in Texas, they have been uh, commemorating this date for many, many years. But around the country, uh, it hasn't been widely celebrated until the last two, maybe three years. I know, especially since George Floyd and the summer of 2020 and all of the Black Lives Matter stuff was going on. Juneteenth was really pushed hard and it was at that point that schools and government agencies and politicians and and activists all over began taking up the cause of Juneteenth. And now we see celebrations of it all over. I don't particularly have an issue with Juneteenth. I do have an issue with the pushing of systemic racism. I think obviously I don't personally know a single soul who agrees with slavery that was very wrong and people who did it were wrong and it was, you know, the way that things were done in a certain time. That doesn't make it right. As a society, we have come so far since then and I think it is wonderful and necessary for us to look at our history in its truth and to celebrate how far that we have come and to look at different cultures, the black culture, the black slavery, and how that impacted a huge group of people in our society. And so that we never go back to that again, and that we 
always are teaching our young people and just reminding ourselves of the importance of human life and respecting into all individuals and treating each other with love and respect. I think that's always a good thing to do. What we've been seeing though over the last couple three years is that Juneteenth is used more as a woke virtue signal than it is truly about educating people about the history of Juneteenth and why it is such an important day, why it was such an important day back in that time. And what I think is ironic is that you had a Republican president. It was Republicans at large that were responsible for freeing the slaves, not the Democrat Party. But you don't hear people talking about that. They don't want to talk about the truth of some of this history. They just want to use the bits and pieces of it that work for their leftist agenda today, that work for them to push their anti-racist garbage on white folks. It helps them push their Black Lives Matter at school agenda and teaches our young people that we live we live in a society of oppressors and oppressed people. We live in a society of victims and victors. And I think this is such a disservice to our children, especially, but also we're seeing so many adults and young adults and people buying into this victimhood culture and this sense of entitlement. And we're even seeing certain groups of people asking for reparations because their ancestors were enslaved hundreds of years ago. And so therefore, white people somehow owe them reparations for what their ancestors went through. And somehow that has created trauma in their lives. We're watching people use history as a way to manipulate and control and bring a sense of entitlement to our younger generations. And it's really sad to watch. And I think we are really missing a huge opportunity here to educate our our young people and, you know, our, our culture as a whole, because I see in our society that we just are lacking education. Most adults nowadays are lacking, you know, U.S. history. They're lacking, you know, understanding what our constitution is and what our founding fathers, the principles that they founded this country on. A lot of people simply don't know. And as I mentioned in an episode last week, here in our school district, in North Shore School District, they are moving to make it so that no student can receive a grade below D. So every student will pass every class. They will get moved on to the next grade, regardless of whether they met the the standards or the benchmarks to do that. And so we're going to see even more uneducated people coming up in, into our society over the next 5, 10, 15 years, it's going to get this problem of having an uneducated society is going to continue to get much worse. And it's it's scary to think about it. But I also noticed that the GOP chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, was tweeting about Juneteenth and, and uh, they put out a, a graphic that said, celebrate Juneteenth 2022 with a quote from her, Juneteenth is an important part of the history of our country and the Republican Party, which I think that's true. 
I would have loved to see her go into more detail of why that is, because the way of just putting it out there as Juneteenth is an important part of the history of our country and the Republican Party doesn't elaborate and go on to say what we could use this messaging for otherwise looks like it's just virtue signaling just like everybody else but this is an opportunity for us as conservatives to share the real history of this of this date and help people understand but it's just another day on the calendar that people can use for wokeism and pushing their narrative and so I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on that but since it is June 20th Monday and we are recognizing today as the Juneteenth holiday I did have to touch on it Over the weekend, we had Father's Day. Happy belated Father's Day to all of our dads. I was planning to do a Father's Day episode and talking about how important dads are and how much we should celebrate them. My husband, who is an amazing dad, and my own dad both wanted to go to the movies on Friday. So that is what we did. And so that is why you didn't get an episode on Friday, we went and saw Top Gun Maverick. Now my husband and I saw it uh, opening night in May and we loved it. A little cheesy, but we loved it. Now I hadn't seen the original Top Gun in a number of years. And my mom earlier last week, she was asking if she should go see the, the new Top Gun movie. And I asked her if she had seen the first one and she hadn't. So I said, well, you have to watch the first one to really get a lot of the nuances and and things in the the new one and so she watched it and then they wanted to go so we ended up taking them and made a family day on Friday afternoon and it was super fun and my parents don't often get out to the movies so it was fun to treat them to that and everybody loved it the kids loved it and my parents loved it and I will say it was better the second time I I was partially distracted during a couple of the scenes when I went and saw it the first time so I picked up a lot of things that I missed which was good because they were kind of important parts but then when we got home we watched my husband and I watched the first Top Gun again and I hadn't watched it like I said in several years and so I was able to pick up a lot of the the things that they used again in the second one some of the one-liners and things like that so that was kind of cool so if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet you do need to go go see it in the theater it's a great movie to spend your money on Before you go, though, if you haven't watched Top Gun in a while, I would recommend watching the original Top Gun before you go see it in the theater. It'll just kind of refresh your memory of some of the small nuanced things that they talk about in the second one. But even if you haven't, it's it's not a deal breaker. But do go see it. Um, I think it had another big week at the box office. So that's good. It's kind of a really feel good um, America movie. There's not any leftist garbage in there. There's no indoctrination and nothing woke. And so it's really refreshing to see something like that. Well, debuting this weekend at the theaters was the Disney Pixar movie uh, Lightyear. And it was anticipated to make like 70 to 100 million dollars during opening weekend. And I haven't been following this too closely. I don't have little kids anymore, so I don't really follow Disney or Pixar all that much. I honestly have been disenfranchised with Disney since all of the woke agenda that they were pushing in Florida. And I did an episode a few weeks back about how the Disney 
corporate leadership was talking about incorporating the LGBTQ stuff into all of their films. And so that just turned me off. We canceled our Disney Plus subscription and kind of said goodbye to Disney. But like I said, I don't have little kids, so this isn't really my genre anymore. But I know a lot of people do and been seeing a lot of stuff come out. What I have followed is that I know they didn't allow Tim Allen or they didn't ask Tim Allen back to be the voice of Buzz Lightyear again. And this time it was, I believe it's Chris Evans uh, on that one. But it was expected to do pretty well. They invested $300 million into this movie and it totally flopped. It totally bombed. There is, if you don't know, there's a lesbian kiss in the movie and this is all part of their agenda to make it, normalize it. You know, there, there's what I think they say like 7% of the society uh, identifies as LGBTQ. So we are having to put this agenda in all of these films to appease 7% of the society. Well, you know, 90 plus percent of us, they don't, we don't want to see same sex scenes. We just don't. We're not wired that way. Why do you have to push it in our face? And it's a kid's movie. Why does there have to be a kiss? Let just let, can we just let kids be kids? Anyway, Disney can't do that. They've got to indoctrinate children. So this movie totally bombs and it ends up uh, earning $51.7 million in North America. And it didn't even pass Jurassic World, the new Jurassic World, which uh, held on to the first place spot with $58.7 million. So it fell pretty you know, significantly short of that one. The uh, expectations were high for Lightyear, an origin story about the movie that inspired the Space Ranger action figure in the Toy Story movies, with some analysts pegging the movie for a 70 million North America debut, but it didn't even come close to that figure. So $51 million was what it got. So Lightyear opened in 4,255 locations domestically and in 43 markets overseas, but... 14 Muslim-majority nations banned the movie from playing in their cinemas because Disney included a lesbian kiss. So I'd like to know, Disney, was it worth it? I have seen since then a lot of talk on social media about how disappointed parents were in this movie. I run a Facebook group for the conservative ladies of Washington, and there is the ladies are talking about how awful this movie was. Many families took their children to see this movie, and many of those parents grabbed their kids and walked out. So a lot of feedback I have been hearing is that the characters in this version of Lightyear are not the same as the characters in the original version. There's a lot of wokeism, indoctrination kinds of stuff embedded into this film that is an a turnoff to adults a turnoff to parents and it's confusing for kids you know we've got the left really trying to push push their agenda on our children and it's at a level that these kids can't even understand and it's at a level that it's pissing parents off so I'm sure you are well aware of when you take your kids to the movie theaters, it's expensive. I mean, you're probably, depending on how many kids you have, you're probably coming out somewhere around 100, maybe 200 bucks, depending on how much food you're buying. But 
no one wants to spend their money on this kind of garbage. And so I was honestly, I'm happy to see that this tanked so bad at the movie theater. And I hope that this is a message to Disney that most people don't want this. Even parents who maybe identify politically as Democrats, they still don't want their kids indoctrinated with this garbage. It's really a small percentage of people that are fine with the drag time, the drag queen story hours and taking little kids to pride and drag events. That is not the bulk of adults. The bulk of adults want their kids to be able to just be kids without being exposed to all this sexual identity, sexual immorality at a young age where it's confusing and even traumatizing to these kids. So based on what I've seen, I'm going to say that Lightyear is DOA. I wouldn't recommend it. Personally, when I heard that they didn't want Tim Allen, I just thought that was stupid because he is Buzz Lightyear. If you've been watching the originals, you know that Toy Story without Tim Allen is not actually Toy Story. So a Buzz Lightyear by any other name is not actually Buzz Lightyear. So there's kind of your movie review for your Monday. If you're going to go see a summer flick, go see Top Gun Maverick in the theater. I promise you will not regret it. As you know, I live here in Washington State. A lot of the movie was filmed here in Washington. I understand they used the Cascades for a lot of the flight scenes and they used uh, the naval base on Whidbey Island for some of the scenes. There's a lot more flying in this movie. So if you're kind of the fighter jet action scene kind of person, you will appreciate that quite a bit. It's a really good movie. And you know, our teenagers saw it and appreciated it. And my parents who are, you know, in their early 80s also appreciate it. So it's really one for the generations to enjoy together. It's a feel good movie, you will leave feeling just positive and encouraged and bring back America. So definitely go see that. Well, I am excited to tell you that tomorrow's podcast is going to be a real treat. I am joined by my friend Falaki Kellogg. She is a pastor in Wenatchee, Washington. And I first met Falaki about seven years ago. I was a brand new baby Christian. I had just been baptized, I think the month prior to when I met her. And she is just so on fire for Jesus that her passion is contagious. And she, when I met her, I was just inspired to learn more about the Bible and get closer to Jesus in my own relationship. And so she's just been a great friend and mentor over the years. And so I'm excited. She is joining me as my very first podcast guest. And I promise it is a conversation you won't want to miss. She speaks truth. And she is one of the very few pastors, she and her husband, Ross, who, when everything shut down in 2020, they really came together and decided, you know what, we're not going to bow to the government and what they're doing in their church and with their community is going to spread around the, the state and around the country. And I hope that you will tune in and listen to her because what they're doing is something that I think we're going to see people all over the country get involved with and want to be part of. But what she and I specifically are talking about in this episode is the unborn, the right to life, the 
pro-abortion movement and the this whole idea of transing our kids and really our society that if they can't kill them in the womb, they want to confuse them or kill them outside of the womb. And so this is a, you don't want to miss this. So please tune in tomorrow. It's going to be great. I am going to leave it there for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you would rate the podcast and share it with a friend. And as per usual, if you have any topic ideas that you'd like me to discuss, please reach out and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. All of my contact uh, information is in the notes and I will see you again tomorrow.